Want more of the Josh Scanlon podcast? Please. Please. Here you go. The Josh Scanlon podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Josh Scanlon podcast. This episode first appeared as a video on my YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash heritage wealth planning. I hope you find it informative. Thanks. All right, it's going to be part two of our series on mortgage debt and how housing is your number one cost that you have to include healthcare. I'm telling you right now it is. So we're going to dive right into this again, and we're going to look at the, uh, the, uh, the Census Bureau statistics from the United uh, Census Bureau the American fact finder. And this time we're going to look at the mortgages. People have a mortgage and what that looks like. So let's dive right into this, my friends. Uh, don't forget to subscribe. As always, thumbs up, comments, the whole thing. Share, subscribe, share, smash the like button. All right. So uh, if I, again, if I'm not at my normal uh, excitable self, it's simply because uh, I don't feel good actually. I'm fighting a cold, man. I tell you, I've been coughing up a lung here and I don't even smoke. Quit smoking Newports many moons ago, 1990, as a matter of fact. Ooh. Um, all right. Uh, that might be better for some of you who like a calm narrator as opposed to old crazy Josh. But I have had two cups of coffee today, so it's not as if I don't have caffeine running me, my friends. It's just don't feel great. All right. So let's look at this. So going back to the Census Bureau, United Census Bureau, um, we're gonna now we did the mortgages, people who have a mortgage, all right. So these are all owner pocket, uh, owner occupied housing units. That means you live in the home for which we're discussing. And there's 48 million people, uh, or households, I should say, that are living in their home that have a mortgage. I hope that makes sense. So we have living in your home with no mortgage, living in your home without a mortgage, all right. So, uh, with, with a mortgage, which is what we're looking at here now. The value of these homes is going to be significantly skewed higher than what it was the value of the other ones. Now, a hundred thousand to three hundred thousand is is more than half is the majority of the value of these homes that have a mortgage. One hundred to three hundred thousand. If you factor in one hundred to five hundred thousand, seventy percent of the population has a home valued at one hundred to five hundred thousand bucks. I'm telling you, there's something here which I find to be adventurous. We'll talk about as we go forward here, but I mean, 70% of the population, if they have a mortgage, their house is worth between 100 and $500,000. Mortgage status with either a second mortgage, a home equity loan, uh, but not both a second mortgage, home equity. So we're gonna talk about this. So 14% of all people who have a mortgage have a second now, home equity loans can be synonymous with seconds, but in this case, they're saying they either have they, they have another form of debt they have to pay. A subordinated loan is what we call them a banking. And so in this case, it's a second mortgage, uh, a home equity loan. And 14 percent of all pop of all people who have a mortgage carry on a subordinated loan. Uh, and then 85 percent don't. But it's still quite a significant amount, in my opinion. All right. So the income of the people who have mortgages. And this is interesting because remember before we had 60% of the population had between 10 and 75,000 uh, of income, 60%. Here, I mean, uh, see, 50 to 75,000 people, 50,000, 75,000 people is, no, actually the most income is 100 to 150,000 people. In fact, if you take the top, 100 to 150,000 or more, that's 41%, 42%. Uh, 
So the bulk of people are in the 75,000 above. So the majority of people, we got 42. Yeah, 60% of the people here. So that's interesting now. 60% of the people with no mortgage had income between 10 and 75,000. 60% of the people of with a mortgage have income over 75,000. That's interesting. 60% of the people with no mortgage had income less than 75,000. 60% of the people with a mortgage have income over 75,000 bucks. Interesting. This is what I find a little bit concerning. Ratio of value to home household income in the past 12 months. Less than two. So again, you have a house that's, in this case, valued at $500,000. All right, your income is $300,000. Uh, that means you have less than a two to one ratio homeowner, uh, home value to income. 38% have less than two, and they don't say below zero. Uh, and I bet a lot of those people have no, have a negative ratio of less than two to one. Uh, excuse me, where they have their their income is less uh, then their, their house is less than their income, right? Ratio. No, 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 excuse me. Ratio of value of home. That's right. Ratio. Yeah, I bet it is. I bet it is. Absolutely. When you factor in their equity, I should say, have to think about that a little bit. But anyway, in this case, they're saying ratio of your home value to household income in the past 12 months. So if you have a $500,000 home and $250,000 income, your ratio is two. If you have a $500,000 home, and $100,000 income, your ratio is above four, if that makes sense. In this case, uh, the majority have less than two to one. So they have, I mean, that's just, I, that's interesting. In fact, uh, 60, was that 60, let's see, 20, 38 plus 23, was 61, there you go, 61% has less than three to one as a ratio of home, of value of their home to income. And before, uh, is skewed on both sides. They had, I think it's 36% were four and more and 35% were two or, or less. That's interesting. I don't know what to make about that. What I think I make about that is that they have a lot of income, but not a lot of house equity. And this isn't just equity. This is total house worth. So they have a lot of income relative to the, the value of their home. And that would be scaring to me. And this is for people who have mortgages. Now, let's think about let's let us let that settle in for a second. Here's a big one: monthly housing costs. So here we had in the, the people who had no mortgage between two and six hundred. Sixty uh, percent of the people had to, uh, had uh, monthly housing costs of less than six hundred bucks. Here it's two point eight. Three percent of the people have less than six hundred bucks. Look at that. The big one right there is monthly housing costs of $1,000 to $1,400. And we come up here. Hey, look at that. I mean, that's I mean, right there. Four, that's 60% right there. So before, no mortgage between two, less than $600 were 60% of the people who had monthly housing costs of $600 or less. Here, 60% of the people have monthly housing costs between 1000 and 2,500. In fact, 90% of the people with no mortgage had monthly housing costs less than uh, less than $1,000. Here's about 20%. And here, 80% of the people have housing costs more than a thousand bucks. Yeah, that's a, uh, and the median is 1,500. I don't think they had the median before. So the median means 50% of the population has housing costs more than $1,500. 
50% of population has housing costs less than $1,500 if you have a mortgage. I can't remember what the median was before. That's interesting. Monthly housing costs as a percentage of household income in the past 12 months. And this is a huge divergence uh, difference to what we had before. So other than this one category right here, less than $20,000, everyone, everyone, every single category, less than 20% of their income was attributed to housing costs. This is the exact opposite here. In fact, look here, if you have, um, other than this one category, look, if you're making less than 20,000 bucks, the only, yeah, no, everybody, look at that. 4.9% of the people who make less than $20,000, 30% or more of their income is attributed to housing. We'll go down the next category. If you make between 20 and 35,000, uh, 6.7 of your income of people with that category. So essentially 6.7 of everybody with a mortgage, um, they have in this who make less than 20 to 35,000 pay more than 30% of their income towards housing. Go down here, 5.9% do. That's 35 to 50,000. Go down here, 50 to 75,000. 6.2% of the people who make between, who have a mortgage um, and who have between 50 and 75,000 a year in income, 6.2% of their of those people have more than 30% of their income going to housing. The only difference is right there, they have 7.1 is only 20 to 29%. And then you go up the ladder here. Um, if you're making more than 75,000, less than 20%, it's the exact opposite of what it was before. Um, if you're making more than 75, well, not pretty doggone close actually, with no mortgage. If you're making more than 75,000, you only have only 5.6% of these people have 30% or more going toward their housing. But still that category right there, 50 to 70, uh, 50 to 75, 35, look at that, 35 to 50, then 20 to 35. I mean, a bulk of their income is going, if not, I mean, just is going towards their housing cost. And I have a feeling a lot of these people right here are retirees. Man, real estate taxes, the median is 25.56, which is uh, one divided by 1.5, which is, oops. Ah, one divided by 1.5, which is 66% higher uh, than the median for those without a mortgage. Because that, back then the median was about 1,500 bucks. So here the real estate taxes, the median is $2,500. And the biggest one by far is $1,500 or more by far. Man, I wish they would have done higher. Like what's the, uh, you know, how many are people? 3,000 or more. All right, so what this tells me, a couple things going on here. If, so I think twice as many people have a mortgage as don't A, and then a good amount of the people have a mortgage that don't just have one, they have two mortgages in terms of a subordinated loan. The, uh, the the higher income you get, the more a likely you are to have a mortgage and the higher value of your home is going to get. I mean, just the facts are the value of these homes are significantly higher than the value of the other homes that we talked about with no mortgage. And that just makes sense So people. I mean, a couple of things going on here. New builds drive up the prices. I mean, that's all there is to it. So if you go to a neighborhood, like this is a, this is built in 2012. Houses that were um, already built 10 years previously did not go for this value. So basically we could have bought a, uh, an older house 
probably for fifty dollars to $75,000 less because people like new is all there is to it. They like new. They don't like old. old Because they, they see old, they got to fix a kitchen, redo the bait, all that stuff. They're like, I'd just rather do it uh, in, a, in, a, in a mortgage and do all that uh, with the mortgage payment as opposed to paying cash money. And that way I can pick and choose my carpeting, my paint, all that. So new builds, uh, which obviously are going to have mortgages, the vast majority of new builds are going to have mortgages, are going to have a higher price command and demand. And so that, that is one area right there. And the people who can afford the new builds are the people who make more money. It's just all there is to it. So it's, it makes sense. You have more income, you're going to pay more money for a mortgage. No other way around that. But the thing that jumps out of me here, my friends, is this is so contingent on your income. And man, I just, if we saw what happened in 2008, income is very fleeting. All right. So I, this is, I mean, I'm just telling you from right here that from my own, your old buddy, Josh, you might make it today and you say, I can afford it today, but you're buying a house, you know, you're signing the dotted line for 30 year commitment. Now the vast majority are not going to stay for 30 years, but they're amortizing that debt as if you were. And, and so what happens is your income today can afford it today. If that income were to change, you may or may not be able to afford it. And we saw that in 2008. We see that with people getting laid off all the time. Once that income stops for whatever reason, you can, you're, you, you cannot stay in your home. It's uh, you just can't. And so, I mean, I just, I wish I would have known this. Don't buy what you can afford today. Buy what you can afford if things go wrong. Now that might put you back. That might mean you buy a smaller, older home. I, I, I get that. But I'm just telling you, man, in terms of your ability to go to sleep at night, don't be so cocky to think your job is secure when that guy down in the cubicle next to you is not. I'm just telling you. And we've seen wonderful people. Hell, they fired Jack Bogle from Vanguard when he hit 70 years old. They walked him out. They said this is, I mean, it's, you know, he knew that. But still, if Bogle get fired from Vanguard, I guarantee you could get fired from your job. Absolutely. And if your mortgage is a contingent on your ability to pay it on your income today, lots of people. I felt that and they got burned, man. I'm just telling you, I'm telling you. All right. So when it comes to retirement planning, all I see here is I see debt as far as the eye can see. And I see people who are contingent on their job uh, to make their payments. And that means you're a slave to the job. That's what it comes down to. And don't be that guy. I, look, I'm telling you, I know I've been there. I am there. Hell, I'm in this house. I, I mean, I know what it's like, but Man, I just, if I had hindsight, I could go back and say, yeah, let's not buy that nicest house. Let's buy something that's a little bit more reasonable in case things go south for us for any reason. And don't forget, if you're in a miserable, crappy old job right now and you still can afford it, you're not getting laid off, but you're still miserable, the reason you're still there is because your house. I, I guarantee. Guarantee it. The corollary would be there, well, what if I leave and I don't have health insurance? Well, the answer to that is simply leave to go some other place. Or the lesser paying job that you enjoy more. Well, I can't do that because my mortgage. Again, exactly. Exactly. You're not staying there for your health insurance. You're staying there because of mortgage debt. If you don't have mortgage debt, though, and you're in a crappy old job and you're only staying in your crappy old job because health insurance, but you have no debt, then you can quit that crappy old job and go to Lowe's. You know, drive a forklift and roll Lowe's. They'll train you for heaven's sake. I just think this is bad. And it's only getting worse as more and more people have mortgages as they go into uh, retirement. So, all right. Anyway, that's enough of my diatribe. We're going to go into this more looking at other things here um, in terms of uh, what other people have using the Census Bureau, because I think it's interesting. But I tell you, the dis dispersion, discrepancy, divergence, 
difference, whatever. Dispergence, man, there's four Ds. Alliteration, dispergence, discrepancy, dis divergence, difference. All these things are attributed solely to mortgages. Now, the bulk of that, will, I mean, the reason for that is because they're income. I mean, you make more income, you're more uh, confident, I imagine, in your ability to afford things, to deal with cash flow issues, you think. But I've seen that happen. I'll never forget when I worked in, lived in Tennessee, or I was working in Tennessee with this guy, nice guy, came in, his wife had some kind of issue. And she was nice, but she just, she couldn't work. I, I don't know, MS or something like that. I forgot what it was. And he was, he was living high on the hog in a real estate company. You know, he's basically, I don't want to say a general contract. I forgot what he was, but he wasn't a general, but he was like a, you know, putting a, a deals together for his real estate firm to build a um, business uh, businesses, you know, for malls and stuff like that. I, I can't remember exactly, but commercial building, that's what he was doing. And he was making bank, bank, nice guy. Living high on the hog, a nice house. You know what I'm saying? Nicest schools, nicest house. And real estate market, he got he lost a job. He actually didn't lose a job. But he went from making like 200 to, like, to keep his job like 50,000 a year. Couldn't fork his mortgage, had to walk away. You know, sent them the keys. He said, Look, I, I don't feel honorable doing it, but there's nothing else to do. And they, <laughs> they lived in essentially an apartment uh in a, in a bad part of town his kids had to go to this public school and he was you know, he was he was you know saddened by that but he knew he knew what happened he lived too, he lived too high in the hog he knew it and uh i'll never forget that guy because i mean i've seen that story a million times to sunday in my career as a financial planner young man doing well thinking the world's their oyster trying to you know pro provide for the family the, be the best they can they only want the best things and stuff living high on the hog just doing it right. You know, they're still showing up to work, still doing it. not cheating the system, but just this, this wealth makes them feel good about themselves and they want to show off. There's no other way around that. And, uh, and what they do, of course, is they spend according to what they can afford at that time. The problem is uh, the debt stays, even if your ability to afford it goes down because you got laid off or you lose your job or you get a reduction of salary. Uh, the debts are still there. And many people have uh, felt the burden of having to pay those debts or walk away because they no longer have the income to support it. It's sad, man. It's sad. And I hate to say, it, but when it comes to retirement, the, I mean, at that point, it's too late. There's nothing you can do because this is it, man. I mean, trust me, if you think you're a 65-year-old guy going back to the same job you quit five years previously, it ain't going to happen, my friends. You cannot tell me there's not age discrimination out there. It's not going to happen. So you better get your ducks in a row before you hang it up because I'm telling you, the, the company that was sad to see you go and love for you to come back and says, hey, if you ever want to come back, let me know. Ah, it's not going to be the same once you're two years out. Trust me, it won't. And because of that, you better make sure that you can afford what you're living in right now if something were to go awry. Because once you take that leap, there's no looking back. Anyway, I think the moral of this story is don't have debt, don't have mortgage. Uh, if mortgage is the number one concern, number one expense for retirees, and, and I'm just telling you, it is. There's no doubt about that. There's no question. There's just not. Housing costs are the number one. Did I say mortgage? Housing costs. And if housing costs, the predominant housing cost is your mortgage debt. So the number one thing you can do to secure retirement is to have no debt. There's just no other way around that. None whatsoever. And don't say, well, the market will give you six and the mortgage is only paying three. The market doesn't give six in a linear capacity, man. We we, if they, we learn anything from the last 20 years. The market does what the market does, which is up and down, up and down. And Murphy's Law will dictate it'll go down at the most inopportune time for you. So, all right. 
hope that helps. It's interesting to me, but uh, man, try to try to pay off that debt. All right. Uh, I'm not sad. I've come across sad. I'm not, I just don't feel great, but I just, uh, you know, as, I'm, I, as I was going through this exercise, I was thinking about it was, you know, yapping here on YouTube and, uh, and that's just what popped out of me is that the exact amount of debt that people have, um, the amount of debt that people have on mortgages, any factoring of second debts. And I just think, you know, these, look, I'm there, man. I don't have a second mortgage. Thankfully I pay, I took out a 401k, I took out an IRA, paid the 10% penalty, paid off. I did. I did. And it feels great not having it. And I refinanced my mortgage a couple of years ago. So what I did is I took my money out of my, my IRA, paid the 10% penalty, paid off that second mortgage. I think I needed 20,000 bucks of cash. And then I refinanced just so I could have one debt. And even today, though, I, I even today, I wish I would have never taken that second debt, the second mortgage, because that is what made me refinance. Should never have done that. People say it's always good to have a home equity line of credit. It is, but if you're like most Americans, your old buddy Josh included, you'll see something you want to buy that you don't need to buy with a home equity line of credit. And next thing you know, that home equity line of credit is twenty, thirty thousand bucks. You're like, man, what happened? I'm just telling you, man, that's that's that happens. And you'll say, oh, I didn't expect to have it. I was going to use it for emergencies, but I don't know. I wanted whatever. I mean, what I can't remember what we spent it on. I don't remember. Hey, hey, hey. All right. Be careful out there, my friends. Subscribe, comments, thumbs up, the whole thing, and we'll see you next time. Thanks now.